and welcome to the All Japan Women's Destiny podcast. I'm your host, JD. Welcome to another episode as we go through the history of All Japan Women's Professional Wrestling through the classics episodes that you can find uh, on various places of the internet. I vastly encourage to follow along and learn and enjoy the history of this just awesome women's wrestling promotion of the past. This is a spin-off in conjunction with the Red Leaf Retrocast. That is the proper episode where these come from. It is myself and Kay running through the history of All Japan Women. And these episodes, we hope you enjoy our audio and our uh, discussions over the various wrestlers and the matches in which we go through the ages. If you like what you hear and you want more content, please consider checking out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash redleafretrocast, all one word, where we also cover LLPW, K covers JD Star, various other uh, women's wrestling promotions of the past, and the project that the whole reason it exists is the Joshi 2010's journey, where we go through coming out of the dark ages of Joshi professional wrestling and really learning and having fun with wrestlers that we're very familiar with to this day to ones that we may have missed out on. I hope you enjoy the audio you're about to hear covering AJW. And if you want more, please, again, consider signing up to the Patreon and leaving us reviews over at iTunes, Spotify, and the like, all your favorite podcasting outlets in which you listen to AJW and the Redley Fletcher cast. Enjoy. And it is All Japan Women time, that All Japan Women Destiny time, Kay. Yeah, the best kind of time. Why? Tam time. I like Tam time. Tam time was great in 2021. It sure was, but AJW time is better right now. AJW on All Japan Women Destiny, the retro part of the Red Leaf Richard cast proper, begins here July 15th, 1992, episode 60 of the All Japan Women's Classics which aired on Samurai TV. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of sort of still airs on Samurai TV sometimes. Yeah, and we're at the point in AJW and its popularity, at least from a technologically sharing standpoint, where you can find like entire cards easily on Dailymotion, YouTube, or my uh, new favorite site, VK. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Russian site. Dude, there's so much wrestling on there now because it's a Russian site. So what are they going to do? They can't take that shit down. I love this site. It is a goldmine of material. I can finally you watch, watch my I Lucha. Watch I oh, watch well. Pierre J. And Oz Academy <laughs> and other things that are, are having a hard time getting a hold of right now. It's yeah, it's just like a pure archive of kind of everything that doesn't get into put into an archival service. So it's very nice. It's like fucking freedoms up there. Last I looked. Yeah, I don't care about freedoms. Nobody should care about freedoms. That matches don't draw. Uh, no, <laughs> no, they don't. Well, Just ask Suzu and Prominence how that's going to get out. All right. <laughs> so we're in the middle of the Japan Grand Prix for all Japan women, where. Essentially, I want to say six months out from the start of the interpromotional, I don't want to call it a warfare, but interpromotional boom period. 
they definitely like some of the crossover matches. Like there's a very famous uh, four. I think it's a RV four uh, Iron Woman match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's I think another one too. Uh, but there's there's a lot of these warring matches, and uh, when we get to those. I don't know if they're going to be in the classics in their entirety because some of them went like over an hour. I, I suggest we watch the entirety of them because I've seen several of them multiple times. And they're very good. Oh man, like the first big crossover match with uh, LLPW, which you can listen to on the Redley Pretrocast Patreon uh, five dollar tier, is is when Suzuka Minami and Mita come over, and they're in the main and event. The LCO. <laughs> well, not well, not quite because it's Suzu- wait. Minami wasn't there. Suzuka Minami wasn't LCO. She was part of that group, wasn't she? Uh, briefly, yes. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, she, uh, as soon as they come over, it's a sold-out Cork and Hall. Uh, LLPW, like, just before that, was struggling to really sell tickets, and it just immediately kind of popped the promotion a little bit. And that also seemed to motivate a lot of the wrestlers on the roster, because I guess they've, <laughs> they see, they've actually been, now that they've seen and been in the ring with those AJW wrestlers and how they go and how the crowd reacts to them, it really kind of sparked something in them. We start. I start seeing character changes. I start seeing a little bit of booking kind of going on, especially with like Tateno, because she knows AJW uh, pretty well. <laughs> uh, you know, you might say that she was uh, part of that promotion for a good period of her career. Yeah, one might say that. Yeah, definitely. But on this show, you told me you uh, you discovered Josh Kernai, which I'm happy that you well, discovered Josh Kernai. So I know who Josh Kernai is, but. She didn't like it, when LLPW started. She wasn't Yasha Kurenai. <laughs> no, she wasn't Yasha Kurenai when she was in JWP. Still, it really coincided with when the FMW chicks started showing up, where she turned into this character Yasha Kurenai, and she just became this brawling, just delinquent essentially. <laughs> she have the coat like does she have like the delinquent long coat and the the kendo stick yet? She doesn't have those yet, but she's get she got the pants. She's got the, <laughs> she got the boncho pants. Yeah, she got the boncho pants going on. She's like hitting people <laughs> with flowers, kicking them from behind. It's it's the complete opposite of what LOPW really was and who the, all their wrestlers were because they're all like these kickboxers, taekwondo people. Uh, Matt ground wrestler, and then Yashikura and I, I'm going to take a chair and throw it at you. I'm going to bite your ankles, literally. Yeah. But Yashikura and I is also trained in all that, so she can still uh, beat some ass. So I. She sure can. Yeah. Listen listen to my Yashikura and I love over on the LOPW reviews. Redleaf Frederick has Patreon. But this is AJW. We're, so this is interesting. And this was what what's getting me thinking, or at least this thought. I have listened to I okay, I don't know if you know this about me. I listen to way too many podcasts. <laughs> you sure do. Just like I watch way too many VTubers these days. Don't admit that. That's bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I fully admit this. It's not bad for me. How dare you? And when it comes to stardom lately, and in certain circles, you're very well aware of these certain circles. I'm pretty sure I am. But what's funny is most of these circles are the ones doing podcasting. And, or at least the voices, like there's, anyways, the point is they, these circles keep saying that what is, especially during the five star and leading up to Sumo Hall, why is stardom doing all these big shows in the middle of essentially this tour? Why are they doing that? 
you're you're already you should concentrate on the tournament. And here we are, in another example in AJW, and you can point to another promotion, but a number of different promotions that also do this. But the promotion's getting hot again uh, in AJW, more so than we have seen the past few years since you know the Crush Gals retired in '89, right. And the Grand Prix is off to a hot start. We're starting to see crowds like actually react and start filling up places. And here we are at uh, the old Oda Ward gym, which by all accounts, uh, the old one looks like it has. I wasn't able to confirm, but we're just going to kind of go with it. Uh, it kind of looked like it has a capacity of 25, 2600. But as soon as you put like a wrestling ring and stuff in there, it's like a 22, 2300 max. This place is sold out. It sounds about right. The problem with this building is there's no, we have no data on its max attendance because I don't think we have a whole lot of data of shows even being run here outside of the AJW and a few wrestling promotions. So it's kind of hard to tell, but that's, I think maybe 3,000 would be the max in my head that I, they could probably run, maybe. Yeah, it's it's not this huge arena, but think of it as kind no. of like another Cork and Hall type place. Uh, that kind it's of it's about the size of Corican. It's a little bit bigger than Corican. Yeah, I'd give that because the the current Odo Ward, the modern day one, is much bigger. And <laughs> I think they tore <laughs> yeah. this one down. So yeah, I believe you're right. So the point the point is that promote AJW is getting hotter hotter again, and now they want to stay hot and run these kind of big title match shows. And let's face it, AJW, they don't have like a lot of title matches all the time. So how often have we seen like stacked shows like this? Uh, not very often, but I mean, like, like you, like, I think I, I get what you're trying to allude to. It's like when you're red hot, why would you continue to book smaller venues? Why well, would you, even why would you, why would you thing? allow yourself to slow down? Just to right. stay hot. And you do that by, by booking bigger venues, by booking, bigger big, yeah, bigger venues, you, you, because people want to see you, you want to book good good to better cards, interesting things. So then when after coming out of that show, you want to continue going to the shows on the tours. And in this case, it's the Grand Prix, which is, you know, one or two maybe of those Grand Prix matches on a house show or uh, the or at least the finals. You want to see how that tournament ends. That's what leads to those ticket sales is big shows like this. You make people happy. Uh, you you capitalize on how hot you are. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, to tell me if this is shocking news to you, but when you're hot and you've got a lot of people interested in your product, you want to book bigger venues so that more people could pay to go see your product. <laughs> right. Well, on this show, we start out with, this wasn't on the classics. It's a trios match. Cynthia Marino. Suzuka Minami and Yumiko Hota defeating Etsuko Mita, Kaori Ito, and Miyori Kamiya. This is like your opener guys now. Hota's an opening match wrestler. You love to see it. I love to see it at least. <laughs> yeah, Ito's still there. Uh, Minami's really been downcycled at this point. Uh, she's unfortunately she's an afterthought. And we kind of saw this coming after her story was told with the All Pacific title, and then she lost it. And. She's just been cycled down. She's been passed up by people they want to push and get higher on the card. Fresher talent. Yeah, it's like we uh, we both had just the lose here earlier when she's like, she's technically, she was at one point part of the LCO before it was like really branded as LCO. She was there with Hokuto and um, Shimoda. I think. I think. 
or, or Mita, one of the two. I, I think it's Mita, Mita, not Shimura. Shimura, I think, joins on this show. Um, but she um, she was part of the group briefly before they even had the name, and then she gets kicked to the curb and down the cycle, downcycled. So, <laughs> it's technically part of the LCO, maybe, kind of, sort of. Well, I mean, someone's got to eat pins <laughs> eventually. Well, they decided, they decided, hey, you know what? You're not worth the pin either. Just go, go back to the opening mm. match with Hota. Yeah. But our classics episode gets started uh, very interestingly enough with the Japanese tag title match. It's Yoshida and Takako Inoue, uh, whom have become like kings of the, or I guess queens of the kind of undercard. They always have this, these two, and then Debbie Malenko's there with various partners. This show, she has Mima Shimoda. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere almost, right? But I think the noticeable one here is... uh. Yoshida here with her massively taped up shoulder and arm. Holy crap, this woman looks like half a mummy. Yeah, she's having a lot of trouble just moving that sucker. It's clear as day. She's Lifting working. people. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's very hurt. She's not really raising the arm up. She's working all of her moves kind of one-armed. Everyone's jumping for her. Uh, we'll get to the second match here where there's like, oh yeah, she's definitely hurt kind of situation. Just one of those big tells. This match was very fun. Yoshida Yoshida is still, despite being hurt, wanting to do her big springboard splashes inside and outside the ring. She's kind of a uh, mad she woman. She probably shouldn't. I <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't do that with a probably busted up broken arm somewhere like around there. I don't think it's broken, <laughs> a good idea, but... <laughs> right? I mean, it's on its way to being broken with how taped up that thing is. Yeah, I wonder like how much her shoulder was messed up and how that affected her neck. Uh, that's important uh, in like a month <laughs> to to mention. Yeah, it's it's nuts, and it makes you wonder like why she was allowed to go out there and work. But then you remember it's the same company that had Hokuto come out and work with the busted knee still. So you know, well, it's the Matsunagas. They're notorious yeah, people. We, yeah, they're, we, they're notoriously shit. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna go through this card. Just be like, well, I don't know what they're doing. This is so weird. Uh, this is probably bad business, uh, but anyways, most likely. <laughs> yeah, what you what you think of the work between these four? I think you can still consider continue to see. I'm sorry, Debbie Malenko being uh, improving in the ring. I think she's by this point in the tour. I, I think she's about on par with the, most of the women she's wrestling in the ring with. She's maybe not better than them, but she's at least able to keep pace, which is something we won't be able to say about a, another Gaijin. <laughs> but she's definitely able to keep pace. She has a stamina. I think that was the thing that popped out to me. Uh, you know, that and, you know, Yoshida's fucked up arm was very noticeable. Uh, I've noticed the quick, massive improvement Takako in a way is having. Right, and her change of gear and her teaming with... um. Kyoko also seems to have changed sort of her approach to matches, right? She went from like she went from the uh, sort of flashiness to a bit more sportish in her her approach. <laughs> she went from like beauty spice to sporty spice. <laughs> she went from like cutie Suzuki light to uh, you know actual wrestler person. Maybe Kyoko in a way light. <laughs> well, she come on, her gear's way better than Kyoko. <laughs> oh, it's not Ronald McDonald colors, so you're not entirely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> No, I agree with you about Debbie Malenko. Uh, she has come into this promotion. She's she's learned and worked their style, and her kind of hanging out on the undercard with Shimoda and Yoshida is pretty much kind of her skill right now, and she's working her way up. How long has she been there, by the way? It seems like she's been there for a while. Uh, I think a, a year. I think a year at this point. Wow. Okay, I thought it was a few months, but a year. No. That 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 makes sense. Why she's improved so much then? 
yeah, let's let's see how far this goes back. Uh, she came in to AJW. I'm just looking at cage match for simplicity reasons. March of '91, so just about a year and a half. Yeah, because we're already in the summer of '92, uh, so that's that's nuts. And it looks like she's she works basically these people a lot and the undercard and then that occasionally why she gets she gets works with them well that explains why yeah and then occasionally she gets like a kyoko and bull nakano and minami toyota in a singles match every once in a while she man so i'm not up to par with her in terms of when she gets back to the states is she ever gonna chance to showcase what she learns here like in any way <laughs> i imagine the answer that's probably no well, um, if I know my Debbie Malenko history, she kind of blows out her ankle in 93, and she retires. <laughs> Jesus, okay, well, that's a quite the career you had there. Damn, that's kind of sad. Yeah, it's like her ankle or Achilles or something. It's it's basically a career-ending injury. Man, that's a bummer. Yeah, and because of the way American companies were booking women, she wasn't, uh, well, you you know the drill. <laughs> Yeah, she was. That's why I made the comment. She probably wouldn't be getting a chance to even show off what she learned. Right. So if AJW is not going to book her, then who else would? Situation. I mean, she can she can just go to the Fed in the late nineties and be tits and ass, I guess, which is what everything became at that point. Yeah. Well, uh, she clearly had more self respect to do than to do that. Good on her for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says in two thousand one she showed up for an exhibition match in Arsian, and then it's kind of what we know now. Interesting. Arsene would make sense given, uh, you said two thousand one. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think Aja was even involved anymore. Uh, yeah. I should remember my timeline because she bounces out. I think before the two thousands. Hmm. By the way, it, it's kind of interesting that she got brought in. I yeah. Probably had only to only like a, yeah only like a two and a half year career for Debbie Malenko. Kind of sucks. That does kind of suck. But then again. It's like we'd be talking about her being an unsung wrestler. If that were the case, either way, either way, her career would have sucked because she was going back to the states where wrestling is, especially women's wrestling, is just not existing. Well, no, really. she was full time in AJW. Uh, when you listen to some interviews she had, she she was signed to the company, and then when she kind of blew out her ankle, they're like, "All right, get out of here." <laughs> it was just like that. Oh, I thought Bang! She blew it out in the states. That's what you made it sound at least. No, she basically okay. got fired oh, when she got injured. That's what happened. <laughs> of course. The Matsunaga is people. Great people. Great people. Lovely people. Firing people because they're hurt. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, that's why people would work hurt. That's why we see Yoshida uh, working yeah. twice. Because after they retain the tag titles, Saki Hasegawa comes out in her like, kind of intimidating white onesie gear that she's got on that just says Hasegawa across it. And, Very intimidating, but sure. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of intimidating. I, I, I think so. And then all of a sudden the music hits and Mariko Yoshida comes out kind of in a jacket again. She's all sweating and I was like, what is happening? Did we like mess up? Wait, I thought we were, I thought our card that we had had a completely different date. I'm like, it looks like the same arena. So I'm like looking it up. Nope. This is indeed. She's working twice. Not only on the same, same show, she's working again. So the first match with her bum shoulder, she works 15 minutes in a tag. Uh, they retain those tag titles. And now she's coming out against Saki Hasegawa to defend her AJW title, which is essentially their future title, or junior, if you will, right. put, a, put a little stamp on it, uh, however you want. It's their low-end title, singles title, basically. And right, right. They work another 15 fucking minutes, 
and Yoshida is exhausted. She's exhausted. She's hurting. This is <laughs> you. You ever watch a like blown up sports player pick a sport? Yes. And and they they yes. have that like hunched over uh, breathing <laughs> body language to him. That's what Yoshida was the entire time in this match. And Saki Asagawa is like, all right, I guess I'll like get you in a hold or something. You poor thing. And she doesn't work the injured arm. She works the healthy arm because the other one is so messed up and don't want to like kill her. We saw similar things when Hokuto was all wrapped up in the eighties, late eighties. Right. They didn't work her knee because her knee was busted and they didn't want to hurt her too much. Right. I wonder. So this is this has made me wonder why she had to work. Because I keep wondering why she had to work twice. Maybe the Bison being out because she later on in the match she was scheduled for something and uh, Kyoko Inoue takes her place. Maybe Kyoko Inoue was supposed to be in that tag match earlier. Well, no, it was the Japanese tag titles. They were the champions, <laughs> and oh. Yoshida's the champion of the uh, for with the AJW titles. So they're like, ah, you're working twice. See, yeah, but but they don't. They normally do that so it makes me wonder if this was just supposed to be a singles match with Kyoko Inoue it wasn't supposed to be a title match but because Kyoko Bison... Inoue is on this card with a title match <laughs> I know that I'm saying because they didn't normally have to book twice it was not a thing that they did regularly it was very rare still even like it is nowadays it's still a rare thing to happen in women's wrestling especially um, maybe this was just supposed to be a singles match not a title match and that because Bison is so fucked up they had to move Kyoko into the match where she's teaming with Aja in place of Bison. Well, that's and exactly so why they did that. Is having, that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's so what does that have to do with so, Yoshida? Because <laughs> she was probably put in this match, and so well, you're on this card, so fuck it, just have a title match. Make sure I sell more tickets. Well, they booked her because she's champions. She has, She's a double champion, so they just booked her twice. That's all they did. There's, not, there's oh, nothing no. else to it. I literally don't think that that was why they booked her twice. I think that just ended up being the circumstances because of Bison being gone. Bison's gone because she fucked up her arm in the Grand Prix. So Kyoko, they just replaced they just replaced her with Kyoko, and Kyoko already worked. What are you trying to say, Kay? I don't get it. I am trying to say because because we looked at the card originally. The card originally had Bison Kimura and Aja Kong in the title. What yes, does that have right? to do with Yoshida? Because I bet you Yoshida was only supposed to work one of these title matches, probably the tag title match, and that the second match above her was probably going to be Kyoko Inoue and Hasekawa in a singles match. No, because they already had Kyoko Inoue defending the All-Pacific title. (laughs) Oh my god, my brain hurts. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, your brain does hurt right now. (laughs) Well, Kyoko Inoue worked twice then too, didn't she? She did. God damn it! Uh, is that because that's something they normally did? So I thought it had something to do with Bison. Well, no, the Matsunagas went big show, all the titles on the line that we could possibly do, and uh, Yoshida had two of them. Kyoko had one. Bison's out, so they're like, "Fuck it, throw Kyoko in there again twice." <laughs> God, I guess I had for- completely forgot that she had the white belt match on there. Oh yeah, how could you forget about match. that amazing white belt defense? <laughs> I, I can't believe you. Terry Powers. I tried to forget about the Terry Powers match, please. It was bad. It was awful. Jesus Christ. So Yoshida and Hasegawa, this was absurd because not only is she working hurt, Hasegawa's new thing, or at least the thing that she's developed, is the spinning, jumping back kick. 
That's she just spams it like a video game character. Press X. Spin yeah, she, kick. she she spammed it. Uh, she spammed it in one of the tag matches too. We saw her because she was just spamming it over and over again. I think it was one with with Manami or against Manami. She kept spamming it. Yes, it's the best thing she does, and so that's all she does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly she, yeah so when when it's uh so it finally breaks down at the ending uh yoshida gathers up some, some strength she does her kind of springboard running up the running up the ropes springboard move it's all exciting and good uh, mark yoshida does this during the match and then she lands on the outside on her good shoulder and she starts holding that one now so i don't know when you have like two fucked up shoulders maybe that has something to do with your neck I was busted in the mouth by by Hasegawa too. With the, uh, the one of the kicks kick, catches her good and busts her in the mouth. Well, you're getting ahead of yourself because what ends up happening is Saki Asagawa gains control, and Saki Asagawa, as we said, spams the kick button, the spin kick, and yeah, yeah. gotta make it look back. gotta make it look good, brother. <laughs> and how do you make yeah, it yeah, look no. more good than actually connecting with the face? And so she hits it twice, and then she goes to every single corner one at a time waits for Yoshida to get up and hits that button again <laughs> she's and she, she hits quarter circle kick back quarter circle kick <laughs> jumps off the corner kick. and blasts her in the face and i'm just watching this going she's gonna go to the other corner isn't she yeah okay she's going to the third one come on <laughs> sakawa make it four and all while i see yoshida going oh god okay i'll get up uh she turns around gets blasted again and I'm like, okay, I'm not seeing blood yet, so we're good. Oh, but that's not enough. She's got to get up two more times. One for good measure, and then the last one absolutely obliterates her in the face because Hasegawa's leg goes right through her, I guess, jaw because you just see Yoshida's neck get slammed back, whiplash style. One, two, three. Hasegawa wins. New winner, and before she hits the mat, Yoshida, that is, uh, you just see her mouth just start bleeding. So she broke a tooth. She bit her tongue. She got her nose broken. I don't know what it is, but blood's like falling out of her face. <laughs> she's yeah, I, thought, I thought she had hit. the blood before the last kick because I remember her getting up for one of the spots because that's when I noticed the blood when she got up and she had red <laughs> in her mouth. Well, then it got way worse with the last one. I was try I was trying to see see it uh, before she got hit with the last one. That was because I remember pointing when we watched God this. I remember damn. pointing that out when she got up from one of, from one of the corner kicks that she had red in her mouth. So maybe it just got worse. Maybe she got it just because it probably didn't stop bleeding. Obviously, so maybe it just kept getting worse. Yeah. Well, I'm sure getting kicked in the face more doesn't make it doesn't help. <laughs> ah, no, it's a perfect remedy for a busted mouth. More <laughs> kicks to the face. <laughs> Ice pack. Who needs one of those? Yeah, new AJW champion Saki Asagawa. Okay. In the mid card, third from the top, Kyoko Inoue defending the All Pacific Title. We get to see a title defense here. Okay, who's she against? Yeah, she's against Terry Powers in a match I forgot for good reason. The power of positive thinking, which you can hear on my LOPW. The power reviews. of terrible wrestling. You give Terry Powers. Too much flack. She's so new, Kay, and she's big, and she's strong. She's a strong, independent woman, and she's independent going into this gassed. match. She was gassed a minute into this match. Don't give her a credit. No, all. hey, the classics came into this match at the nine-minute mark. It's, hey, when you're big and strong, man, you, you don't have that much many points in stamina. Ever play a video game, Kay? Come on. 
Terry Powers, so real give, game, give, real time give, video given game. Given how gas, given how gassed she was as far as the match, I guarantee she was gassed like less than sixty seconds in because she seemed like she had gone through like a half hour match and she hadn't even wrestled that long. Well, when you're in the <laughs> when, when you're in the ring with Kyoko Inouye at this point in time, all Kyoko does is run and go up the ropes and run some more and run around you. So of course Terry's going to be trying her big power moves and then get exhausted quick. That's what a power wrestler is, Kay. She's not very good at being a power wrestler. I don't know if you notice how terrible she is at the one thing she's good at. Supposed to be good at, at least. She can pick up Kyoko in a way and slam her to the mat pretty well. She can't. Don't you, lie. You don't, dis- you, don't, you don't agree with this assessment? <laughs> I do not. Terry Powers? Have you, did you see her run the ropes or attempt to run the ropes? Well, no, okay. to- <laughs> Kyoko in a way was, her strategy was to run around her a lot until she got tired. It worked. And then it's a, it was a very Powers it was a very smart strategy by Kyoko anyway to retain her title. You're trying to pump up Terry Powers. I'm having none of this. She is terrible. I, no, dude, she tried to go against like bounce off the ropes. Uh, I believe when it was one of the moments when Kyoko kind of tried to slingshot her through the ropes, and she didn't even lean. <laughs> like she knows she does not know how to run the ropes. Nobody taught her. It seems well, you don't need to run the ropes when you're a big powerhouse like Terry Powers. Basics of wrestling, running the ropes. By whose rules? Terry Power don't play Everybody's by your rules. rules. Everybody's rules. The basic tenets of wrestling, running the ropes, hitting a fucking dropkick, which she can't do. She doesn't need a dropkick when she can lariat your neck off, which Kyoko Inoue, by the way, was ducking and diving and weaving away from it all. Very effective. When, when, when she's lariating as slow as she is, I sure hope Kyoko could dodge that shit, because she was really slow with the lariats. Kyoku went away wins I this have, match. I could have dodged one of those. Yeah. Uh, well, I, okay. So Kyoku went away hits her, hits her power bomb, or the uh, the Niagara driver, and Terry Powers hits this mat, and you hear her go, "Oh!" <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. She one two three, and she just kind of goes, "Oh!" She rolls. She, she she does that like rolling out of bed motion where you know everything hurts. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I bet you she regretted this tour. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kyoko in a way, I don't know if Kyoko in a way, listen, she wasn't on something upset Kyoko away because it felt like she hit her a little harder with that power bomb, but she went, or, or Terry didn't take it right because she went, boom. Oh, <laughs> it was crazy. It was she probably so didn't funny. tuck her neck properly and she just whiplashed <laughs> the back of her head on that hard wood. <laughs> they she call, probably Hard didn't. wood they call a mat. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's not really a mat. <laughs> no. Uh, Bailey Finn padding. <laughs> one of my kind of favorite matches of the year uh, in 92 at this point is the CMML, CML, CMML, CMLL <laughs> World Women's title is on the line. Bull Nakano's the champion taking on Akira Hokuto, almost in Dangerous Queen final form. Yeah, she's she is, she everything. is there. She is everything, but there's like one or two things still mi- mostly just the gear she's, at this point. She's missing two things. Uh the thing she has now is I mean, it's not the exact gear that she's known for, but it is one of the gears that she has is a dangerous queen, I'd imagine. It's very dangerous queen-esque, in other words. But it's not the tassel-y white gear that she's known for. Uh but she's missing the very long flowing hair, but she's getting there. And they're not calling her dangerous queen. Yet at least. So before the match starts, <clears throat> and they're hyping up this match, 
very interesting this was not at the top, considering Bull Nakano was the top champion, but considering what we're about to see, it made sense. Uh, before the match starts, it's Hokuto and Mita in the ring. Bull Nakano's just kind of chilling in her... What, what was she wearing? Like a Slayer's shirt? She was wearing a Megadeth shirt, and you forgot to mention that the jacket she came in had the American flag, the hammer and sickle, and a peace sign. So Cold War Bull Nakano over here. Cold War Woman of Peace, you mean? Cold War Nakano. <laughs> Woman of the 60s. <laughs> So Mita and Hokuto are in the ring, and then seemingly out of nowhere, Shimoda gets in the ring, and she's begging Hokuto to join LCO, the group. Yep. Mm -hmm. She gets on her knees, she bows, she keeps her face to the mat, Hokuto grabs the mic, and she kind of stares at her for a while, and she moves kind of to the side a little bit. She makes a joke, well, you can at least bow to me, and the crowd kind of chuckles, and so she... Shimoda gets up a little bit and shuffles over and points, bows and points towards Hokuto. And Hokuto's like, okay, Yosh, all right, you're in, girl. And like, okay. Yeah, she's taking the, the uh, Suzuka Minami spot. <laughs> I don't think Suzuka Minami is in it yet. Oh, she was never in the proper version of LCO. Yeah, well. She was she was there at the beginning when it was just Mita and Hokuto and her before they went by the name LCO. They I mean, I saw LCO, her and Mita have like wacky fire type gear in LLPW, so I think it's like not but until I think, I think, I think those were I think those were attacking, but they would never put LCO was only ever three wrestlers. It was Hokuto, Mita, and Shimoda. However, Hokuto just kind of becomes LCO adjacent because they just become a tag team, and she's kind of off doing her own thing. Oh, well, Minami and Hokuto have their history, and Mita and Minami kind of meet. Anyways, so this match is great. It's exactly what you think it would be. It's Bull Nakano throwing her bombs, Hokuto trying to do crazy shit, flipping sentons, uh, uh, top rope drop kicks, and the like, just trying to get Bull Nakano off her feet. Bull Nakano selling for her like she's her equal. For a little while there, it looks like Hokuto's going to uh, win by doing... I mean, shit, we even give a Bulnikano Tope Suicida in this match. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nuts because she's going to bust out for, except for like big matches. So she treated this absolutely like a big match. And what it came down to it, what happens is... Let's see if I can remember this right. Bulnikano hits a lariat. Then she scoop slams her. Does the big guillotine leg drop. Hokuto kicks out, and then Bull Nakano goes back up to the rope. Uh, so she looks like she's going to do like a moonsault or something, or whatever she might do. And then right. all of a sudden, Shimoda starts beating her up at the top of the rope, and Mita like cradles over Hokuto, like protecting her, and the ref looks at Hokuto and calls the match off. Referee's decision in 12 minutes. Bull Nakano wins. And Hokuto's in tears. So they did this big, like, ref stoppage kind of injury angle. Uh, like, the way it was kind of planned and reacted just after a leg drop kind of to the chest. Uh, total work. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was definitely a work. It's a bunch of a work because Ozzy be getting punched in the face and breaking her nose. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the angle? What do you think the, uh, the purpose is exactly? 
So I first thought watching this, oh shit, here goes Hokuto being hurt again because that's a natural reaction because she gets always gets hurt. So well, it's, oh, shit, here goes, here goes story, it's a big storyline with Hokuto. Right, but then when you start realizing like it's an angle, <laughs> start realizing it's an angle, I almost wonder if this is because they didn't want Hokuto to lose the bull yet, but they still wanted this big match for the card. Uh-huh. Because they're obviously trying to protect Hokuto, and they don't want to have Bull lose until she loses to Aja. And they don't want to have Hokuto lose until they, you know, finish building up her new character. So maybe this is just their way of getting out of that while still having this big match on the card to sell tickets. That lead to something more, but I feel like that was maybe the purpose for at least at this stage of everything. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it, I'm sure it was a combo of both where they wanted the big match. Uh, and they wanted to find a way to build, continue to build up Hokuto and what's a unique way to have a strong finish where it wouldn't leave people upset and you can still buy it. And what's Hokuto known for? She's known for getting injured in matches and her body not being able to keep up with her skill is a real-life story she really struggled with throughout her entire career, ever since she uh, broke her neck by uh, taking the Yumi Ogura spike pile driver. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I mean, who's to say she wasn't banged up before that? But I think from that point forward, she's just injury-prone forever. Yeah. Well, the best stories are usually the ones that are kind of steeped in reality, and uh, this was a total shoot, but you really get the feeling that the crowd bought it all, and Hokuto's in tears afterwards, as I said. Uh, she's upset with her body. And it's like, I love this. It's really going to continue to play into who she is and her struggle to get to the top. And uh, Bull Nakano being the one that kind of take her out is also very credible because she big girl. <laughs> yeah, she, she big, big girl. I think what I like about this, though, and, it's, and maybe something they didn't know at the time, but this becomes a very real struggle for Hokuto, where she legitimately gets frustrated with her body. It has to go part-time as a result of it. Like, what, 94? 95. Uh, not, nope, nope, 94, because it was Big Egg was 94. That was when she was so part-time. Mm. That's why she didn't accept the belt when she was supposed to be the champion at the end. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, I love this. I uh, look forward to more. And the main event, a mess of a match but highly entertaining so it's toyota and yamada defending the three wa tag titles those uwa tag titles forget them they're like yesterday's news now <laughs> they're in the trash now <laughs> so it's a two out of three falls match it's supposed to be the big rematch against jungle jack however aja kong uh her ended her. bison kimura's career <laughs> she killed it she lit legit killed her uh at she least legit her, her, killed arm. her partner yeah <laughs> So Bicycle is unable to work. Aja Kong uh, kind of comes out with a mic and says, ah, my partner's fucked. Sorry, I killed her. Kyoko Onoe, you'll be my partner now. And she's like, me? Again? But I just had that amazing uh, title match against Terry Powers earlier on the card for 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I get the feeling Kyoko wasn't nearly as gassed at the end of that match <laughs> as Yoshida was, and especially as Terry Powers Well, was. yeah, she had that 12-minute title match with the big promos uh, in between. She had plenty of time to rest. I agree. <laughs> you keep trying to hype up Terry Powers. I'm not, I'm, not hyping, I'm not hyping up nothing. I'm just, I'm just giving Terry Powers a little bit of credibility, which you seem no super not she, into, Kay. She has no credibility, sir. <laughs> Former LWA champion, by the way, Terry Powers. Who gives a fuck about that? 
So this match was all about everyone slipping on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Kyoko in a way slips on the ropes. I think Aja slips on the ropes. Manami definitely does more than once. Yeah, uh, anytime Manami Toyota goes up top anywhere at this point, it's it's a coin flip if she brains herself or not. <laughs> if she brains herself or she brains her opponent somehow. Yeah, uh, the the moonsault with the face plant on the apron is 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 uh, trademark Toyota, and Kyoko Inoue. She gets close to it every time she tries it. Yeah, and Kyoko Inoue's now is running up the turnbuckle by stepping on the middle rope first, and uh, she slipped twice in, in this instance. My favorite was the first one where she goes for it, and Yamada and Toyota. She's clearly supposed to go up do the do the uh, springboard back elbow off the top turnbuckle. But she slips, and then Toyota and Yamada both kind of look at each other, and then they just go over and start putting the boots to her in the corner. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was great. I love it. I was like, oh, okay, she fucked up. I just put the boots to her. Yeah, I, I wish more people would do that. Oh, you messed up? Boots. Do, 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 do. Stop a mud hole. <laughs> right, because so often you see... You don't see it so much in, like, uh, Joshi, because when there's a fuck-up, they kind of... Oh, hey, you fucked... Like, Mayu's fucked up a few times. You're like, oh, you fucked up? I'm gonna just beat you up until we go back to the spot. But Western women's wrestling, they fuck up, and they kind of pause, get deer in the headlights like they don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, I think the age-old answer is just put the boots to them. Boots. <laughs> just kick <laughs> their face Just go to strikes. Just go to strikes. It's the easiest and safest answer, and you can figure it out from there. Yeah, go yeah, go to strikes, throw them in a guardrail or something. Well, I mean, the, the, I can totally see why they're deer in their he- headlights because you want to make sure they're not hurt first. That's, I mean, that's the just personal reaction to it all. Like you I, under- I, guess, I, under- but, I understand. But sometimes you get like sometimes you get a botch where it's like they're not actually hurt. Like they just slip on the ropes and like maybe they just get they fall on their ass or something. It's like they're not they're probably not hurt, but you just kind of standing there staring at them like you don't know what to do, kind of. It doesn't help things, so just, just go over there and start putting boots to them, and then just pick them up, put them in the corner, and just discuss it with them in the corner as you fight them. Figure out what to go next. Stuff like that would probably be a lot better. I yeah. think this should be a lot more training and well, stuff like that. Well, what we like saw that. here was after the boots, uh, Daichi goes over and kind of talks to, you know, in a way for a sec. It's like, you you actually alright? <laughs> yeah, she was definitely alright. She just fucking slipped. She didn't, like, hurt herself. No, it's it didn't look like she even got close to it. Yeah. So that happened a couple times. Uh, Shortly after that, she she hits the springboard elbow off the second rope, just in, in unison. Uh, kind of cool. There was a lot of good shit in the match, but it was also just bang, bang for like th- over 30 minutes, uh, two out of three falls. Let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, Inoue takes the first fall from a toy. No, I'm wrong on that, aren't I? I think Manami gets both pin victories. Man. No, incorrect. Not, I remember. Who, I remember. I'm, who I'm trying to remember Aja. who got the first fall, and I think it was Aja Kong getting it on Yamada via Manami spinning pins, back fist, and then Manami gets Aja. no. Manami hits the JOC on Kyoko, and then it's the combo uh, Manami Toyota Yamada strike, ending with a Yamada top rope kind of insiguri hit on Kong and pins her. So I was actually shocked Kong took the last fall in this match. Considering I, I kinda, kind of the run she's on, but it's kind of the story of 92. Yeah, she's also got a... I think her title match comes up in like a couple months after this, too. I think it's like in November. It's kind of funny how that just she loses the tag well, belts I mean, here. That's obviously more than a couple up, months. But, <laughs> right, but it's just... It, 
given how they booked, you wouldn't want her to lose even this kind of far out. Yeah, I thought Typically, Kyoko was right? going to come in and just eat both falls if <clears throat> Toyota and Yamana, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 1986 Team Gold combo. <laughs> <laughs> team gold combo you're right can't forget yeah. that can't forget their real name absolutely real <laughs> tag team tag team name everyone knows them by <laughs> yeah real gold combo with the side of fries yeah i i'm like kyoko in a way has worked worked already once on this show she can completely come in and eat a couple falls and it'll protect kong kyoko in a way doesn't come off as weak because she has wrestled before yamada and toyota are on this just very good tag run right now and kind of building up steam in their own little singles feud as well. But yeah, Aja Kong Maybe. ate the last fall. I wonder how that's going to play into the next, like, four to five months. Maybe they just didn't want Kyoko to eat two falls in a tag match. Maybe that was kind of what it is. Maybe they thought if they split it up, split it, up it would be less of a No, I'm pro- thing. I, you're probably right. I'm just saying how surprised I was that they didn't do that. Like, right, I understand well- the thinking. Uh, so, uh, I think the next month we're going to cover, uh, I know what happens within that month, we get the very famous IWA hair versus hair match between these two. Uh, and Toyota. Well, yeah, Toyota wants the rematch because you might have beat her in the Grand Prix, finally. Yep. Yeah. That's what spurs that on. I mean, that was the sort of promo afterwards. Remember I said the promo, the translation of it was, uh, next time we meet each other, I'm going to definitely beat you. Right. So Meltzer, Big Dave, you want to be like Dave? Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, he gave this four and a half stars. I don't agree with that. I think that's too high for this one. I do have been there live, right? There's no way, because some of these matches he gives high ratings to, and it's like, you watch, it's like, either you were, had to have been there live to kind of get the energy, maybe that's why you rated so high. I don't know. I think even then, for the time, then he would even have, for the time, I don't think this would have been But then he would high. have ratings for the other matches on the card. And he's just like they're worth rating. He does that nowadays too, right? He watches shit, doesn't rate everything on there. Well, if he's there live, he rates them all. But he just didn't do that back then. Who knows? No, I don't fucking know. No, I'm big that. Dave, it's, man. It's, it's big Dave. I'm not Dave. <laughs> well, you should be like Dave and no. <laughs> I can't be like Dave. Can I'll you be, be like, like Dave. Dave? <laughs> <laughs> That's a Nitro reference for you guys. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I I went like just under four stars, you know, two out of three recommendation. That kind of deal. Yeah, well, when we get to the hair match, I definitely, because I don't know if the classics has the full match. I'd imagine it maybe doesn't. Uh, But I highly suggest watching the. Yeah, but uh, don't watch it clip. But like I said, we're at the point, like, you can watch this entire Nakano Hokuto. Like, all these matches, you can find at this point all the the full versions of all of these very easily now. Oh, yeah, I, I know full, full well that this the IWA matches on foot and full because I watched it. I love oh, that yeah. match. Great match. Yeah, I went, I went back and watched the full, like, we, we watched about 28 minutes of this 36, 35-minute match, and... Match, we didn't, didn't miss a whole lot. Nah, I didn't yeah. miss anything. It, it was, I, I didn't, like, change... I didn't change my mind in any sort of direction. It was still kind of the same feeling uh, coming out of it. So... Uh, yeah, Kyoko Inoue very much improved. Yamada getting up there. She's probably on the run of her life right now. Yeah, it's probably her best year. This in maybe 93, part of 93. It's like the best part of her career. Yeah, and this Bull Nakano Hokuto story I'm I'm super into uh, with the formation of LCO, with uh, all three members. The day has come. Things are things are picking up. What is your no. what is your vibe on the difference between ninety one and ninety two? I know we we we've already discussed at like length 
what happened in 1990 and 89. It was just trying to like get everybody there and how kind of Akira Hokuto and Bull Nakano like carried this company to the next level in 91. That's my opinion. And I now think that's about accurate anyways. Yeah. And now we're 92 here. We're seeing a lot more people like really come into the main event and thrive. Well, I think now they're at a point now where they have so many, they're, they're back at the part where they have their stars replenished, right? They've replenished mm-hmm. all the stars that they've lost now with newer people. And they've done a very good job of establishing them. And when we get to the, the IWA match, uh, I think that does a phenomenal job of establishing Minami Toyota. I think it's one of the rare instances where the person who lost the hair match actually didn't come out as the bigger deal or the one that won it did because of how that played out at the end. But Minami mm-hmm. Toyota becomes, I mean, we know how her career goes, but I think that's the moment that I personally think of as the jump off for her being just shoot, uh, shot up to superstardom because of just how that match and the post-match and everything for that. So when we get there, I'm very curious on how you would feel on that because I know how I feel on that match. I've watched it several times. I've, I think n- something like that. You're going to hear then, something from me now. Huh? I've never seen that match. No, you've told me this before. Yeah. Well, now it's yeah, so that's why I'm, 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 very, I'm very curious what your reaction to that match is because, like I said, I know how I feel about that match and I know how I feel how integral that is to Minami Toyota's career. But I, I think between that and then Kyoko Noe's whole thing going on right now, and obviously a Bull and Aja, that's like four stars right there that they've immediately gotten spots now that they can just immediately elevate any of them at any time they want to. And then Hokuto is coming up, and obviously we know what her career trajectory goes. But at this point, they probably see her as we're going to put the red belt on her. Probably sooner than these other people, but just, you know. They definitely have the stars now that they didn't have prior. They even have the tag stars now that they didn't have prior. Remember? Before Jungle Jack, they, I mean, who were the tag champs? <laughs> Those belts seem to be all just people so most of the time. People that weren't, like, a big tag team as we know of from AJW. Yeah, it was on Hokuto and Suzuka Minami <laughs> for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't feel like the the big team as much as you know LCO is gonna feel like later on. As much as uh, uh, Yoshida, I don't know, um, uh, Mata and Manami feel right now. As much as Jungle Jack felt and stuff like that. So it's like they've now had the tag team prowess that they used to be known for in the eighties. They've got that going for them. So they're at this point they're kind of fully rebuilt. I'd say it very much shows in sort of the attendance coming back. Well, all right, that does it for AJW.